glamorous six-figure salary Got not one, not two, but three degrees Executive title at my corporation Prestigious Ivy degree, top education Turn on the TV, had a long day at work Police brutality, protests, everyone berserk Had to turn it off, too much to see I thought it might be more productive if I read What's this, prosperity now? Posted a new report? Oh, it's about black people, this definitely can't fall short The road to zero wealth, that's an interesting title But if it's about my people and money, it's vital Uh-oh, yet another negative note They're saying by 2053 we'll all be broke By 2053 the median worth of black Americans is set to be murked Hold up, back up, let me explain wealth It's more than nice cars, a big house, and good health You wanna learn more? You better stick around, zero net worth by 53's not going down. Started from the bottom, got a slow start. Now we're getting educated, trying to spend our money smart. Let's prove this news, that's all so saddening. And make sure by 2053, it's not happening. Started from the bottom, got a slow start. Now we're getting educated, trying to spend our money smart. Let's prove this news, that's all so saddening. And make sure by 2053, it's not happening. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to the second episode of this four-part series about navigating a career in finance with 2053 Edutainment. My name is Amira Provideyzer. I'm a corporate finance attorney at Zibley Austin LLP, which is a corporate law firm located in Midtown Manhattan. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this show are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Zibley Austin LLP or any other entities mentioned. And in case you're new to the 2053 family, which stands for Financially Aware Members. 2053 Edutainment is a podcasting show owned by Amigo Productions Incorporated designed to educate urban America on how to build wealth, how to learn about finance, and increase their net worth. It was created out of inspiration from the Road to Zero Wealth article published by Prosperity Now and the Institute for Policy Studies, which claimed the median wealth of Black Americans would fall to zero. Yes, zero, by 2053 if current trends continue. Each episode is based on a financial topic where we discuss the matter based on our personal experience, our work experience, and the latest research. We'd usually meet in person, but due to the pandemic, this episode will be virtual. It's a conversational panel-style environment where I'll moderate and lead the discussion on various subjects related to the episode's topic. But enough about us. Let's get to the show. The second episode of this four-part series is about the skills you need after you get a career in finance to keep that job and to succeed through your career. Here to help us continue the discussion are Jared Dawson, an associate at Morgan Stanley, and Devin Smith. I just wanted you both to talk about some of the programs that helped you level the playing field. So you both participated in SEO in different ways. And, um, it's a great program. I think any black person in corporate America, finance, law, all different types, you either know someone who participated in SEO, know someone who mentored in SEO, or you've been to one of the dinners. I actually went to SEO, I met Steve Harvey, and I've never even applied or, you know, nothing with SEO. So you're involved with that program by default because it has such broad depth in black finance professional sectors. So. Can you both just explain, I guess we maybe should start with, um, Jared, you with uh, being a scholar's mentor, because yep. that's the program that's the, the eight-year program for high school students mm-hmm. to college, and they have a 90% going 
graduation rate. So we talked earlier about some of the really bleak graduation rates of black men and women. As you can see, SEO Scholars is doing something correctly. So can you talk about that experience? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I've been a scholars mentor now for, um, so if I, programs, a little bit of limbo with the remote work right now, but this is going into my, going into my, my fifth year as, as a scholars mentor. And it truly is just, um, it's one of the most rewarding programs I have ever been involved with in terms of how run the program is, how dedicated the students are from such an early age to really, um, focusing on bettering themselves um, and just the level that the staff is willing to pour into the students. Um, it's honestly just like a refreshing sight um, to, to, to see um, year in, year out. And it's really what keeps me coming back to the program and just really building those relationships with my mentees and just going through the college application process and from beginning to end. Um, it's just, it truly is like just incredibly rewarding not really having any idea what it is they want to focus or where they want to go to school they've not really they're first members first generation first generation and them having to talk through it with their parents about the process um it, it again that, that's why i i do think that seo is a very strong pipeline and it's one of the organizations that is doing it right and is doing a lot to advance um and, issue, and, and really tackle the issue of, of, um, of, of racial disparity that we're seeing in, 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 cor in corporate America. Um, yeah, so and then the, the, the pipeline, the pipeline programs in terms of like internships that they offer, it really, it is really just a consistent level of support um, from, what I, from what I have seen. And yeah, yeah, so that's, so that's my, that's been my experience with the SEO Scholars Program. Excellent. And then Devin, you were in SEO, I have the name written here, um, the Invest uh, I was Program, correct? Yep, okay. I, I was in everything SEO. <laughs> okay, so for the Investment Banking Program, that was the eight month one that you get involved with after you get the career in finance, correct? Of course, and so, that, so there's three distinct undergraduate SEO programs um, for different levels, so, there's a freshman program when I was in the program it was called SEOU. I think it's the name has since changed, but freshman program, six months, not really that much hands-on information, but they give you access to some online resources that allow you to learn a little bit more about finance outside of the classroom and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it was still very helpful. You have a coach, the whole nine that, that helps you work through internship uh, interviews and, and that process. Then I did um, another program my sophomore year, very similar um not as hands-on but then the really hands-on program is the junior program like you mentioned uh, seo career and that is an eight to nine month program um, it is very technical in nature you are doing weekly modeling assignments for homework you're uh, talking with your coach you're um you know doing internship recruiting meeting with recruiters the whole thing uh, all while juggling you know your your semester's work for for classroom environments and so you know, I think it's a very useful program and very well-run program as well. Uh, if you just look on their website, you can just see the number of corporate sponsors and corporate partners, all of whom are looking to help minority individuals make it into financial services. Um, and they come to the different events. You're networking with them, you know, at dinners, at over, 
you know, phone calls, over webinars, whatever it may be. And the end goal is to just get you to that next level and hopefully help you land a job at a firm like Morgan Stanley, like Goldman Sachs, like Blackstone. Um, and it was a very rewarding and very useful program. A lot of my SEO buddies were still friends to this day. We still chat all the time. We do interview prep together if necessary for people who are looking to switch roles. And I think it really just becomes a family. And I've since transitioned to the giving back portion of being an SEO scholar mentor, as is Jared. Uh, so I've done that for the past two years and really uh, enjoy that component of SEO as well. And I think that it's a it's an excellent organization overall. Um, the, the head of my group is on the board of SEO, so my group is very involved, and we really try and give back and bring in as many SEO kids as we can uh, to really just help foster that culture. Excellent. I'm going to do a small plug for my firm, Sidley Austin. We also are a sponsor of SEO. A lot of SEO grads from the law program come on in, so I just think it's wonderful. And um, I just want to mention one other program, Management Leadership for Tomorrow, or ML. Mm -hmm. um, that's another yeah. one I've heard of that is phenomenal for finance professionals. It seems like that one, you really have to be what I call a high achieving student to kind of break in, yeah. as opposed to SEO, which tends to be more open to you know, low income or certain neighborhoods without maybe a 2400 SAT. <laughs> yeah. Another small plug. And, and most of this, of course, is because of the intent of this program, financial literacy and learning and knowing about the programs. And if you've never heard of it, it's sometimes hard to get involved. So um, thank you. MLT is a great organization, by the way. Um, yes. I was in ML MLT, too. Um, and that was super useful. Uh, it's a little longer. It's 18 months, but it's it's a great great program a lot of good people go through that program and it's a good network to have okay so you were in the program not for the mba part no so i was in the, there's an undergraduate program called mlt career prep and so that's an 18 month program from sophomore to junior year um and so i did that alongside seo which was a lot but <laughs> um yeah i did that program as well yeah and i've a lot of friends have participated in the uh, MBA, MLT, MBA prep program um, help guide them to top tier universities. Um, it's been, yeah, they've honestly nothing but shining reviews in terms of helping them navigate. Like, because the process of, of applying your MBA is quite daunting, um, very expensive. And so it doesn't, in some cases, it may not make the most sense, but it really helps them really overcome a lot of the hurdles they face and really help them to craft their story um, to help get them to the universities of their choice. Excellent. All right, great. So in our previous episode, we discussed the educational requirements needed to kind of get in the door in finance. Obviously, both of you have been successful throughout your education and you are officially in the door. So I wanted to talk for this episode about some of the skills needed when you're in the door. But first things first, can we just positively talk about how great it feels to either get your job offer or be invited to interview? Can you just speak to like maybe where you were, anything about that experience? Yeah, um, I can go back. Um, see my the first time well, when I got my, um, just a request to interview, I remember I was sitting on my bed um, and I was absolutely ec ecstatic. Kind of just like a shot in the dark. It was like, hey, like I, like I, 
I'm going to apply for this position. Like, I, I do think I'm qualified, but I'm not going to put a lot of, like, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket, right? And then I went in and I was able to talk to my interviewers, connect with them, and, it was like, and then I was like, hey, this is where I want to interview. Um, this, is where I, this is where I want to begin my career. So it really was, it is really just like an amazing experience. Um, and then after you get, after you go through your internship and for first successful, um, when you get that offer for full-time, um, that was probably one of the best feelings ever, going back campus senior year with a job already in hand. Um, so, so having like pretty much a full 12 months, knowing what you're going to be doing after, after undergrad, is just, it was just a level of stress and freedom that I haven't had since. <laughs> um, but it, was, it, it's, it is definitely something that I highly recommend and it's, it's a joyous time. Excellent. Devin, your experience? Yeah, I think it, it's a it's a great experience. You know, receiving a full time offer from a firm. Um, I remember when I got the news, it was so. I guess for the the internship, I remember going through the interview process. My firm has quite a daunting interview process. Um, I think I met with twenty three different people throughout my interview process. So I had my interview process was actually over three days just for an internship. Um, and I had somewhere of, it was about 20, it was 20 plus interviews. <laughs> um, and I remember getting the full-time, or sorry, getting the internship offer uh, as I was in the airport about to fly back to Morehouse, uh, the final round. And, you know, I was ecstatic. I almost accepted on the phone. And then remember my mother told me to at least wait for the weekend <laughs> um, and, and wait a few days uh, to accept it. And so I did that. Um, but, you know, with that being said, it was a very, exciting experience to have that internship in hand, especially after, after all those rounds. Um, I remember getting the full-time offer at the end of that internship program. My entire internship class that summer for my group was fortunate enough to get offers. And so it was a great final day of the internship and, and going back to college with an offer in hand, already signed up for a full-time gig was a great experience and it takes a lot of weight off your shoulders in that senior year. Uh, which I thought, you know, was was very positive and allowed me to enjoy, you know, the final year of college <laughs> a little bit more than had I been stressing than if I had been stressing over finding a job during that year. That's right. And um, for corporate law entry, it's similar in the sense that you find out pretty much after your first year. But um, I just want to say for our young listeners who are in school, going through the process, and may get their offer before they graduate. I'd just say to beware. Sometimes I think you get the offer and you kind of slack off. Yeah, that's true. Comfortable. I know I myself messed up and, you know, just stay driven because you still need those resources post-graduation. That's all. But um, you both mentioned a little bit about the, the kind of pathway in. In terms of applying for somebody who is in school and has no idea what the process is like or where to start, what would you recommend? Would you say online? Is there a link? Do they have to go to certain events? How do you get that initial interview? Uh, so I would say for my firm, um, the way you go about it for the, to achieve like the, the highest level of success would probably be to probably start out at, at, an, at an event of some kind. Um, to really and really introduce yourself, really get talk talk to those individuals, talk to specific people on those positions because they do receive. I, I wouldn't say 
applying blind online would be very, it's, it's going to be very difficult um, just because they receive hundreds of thousands of applications and you want um, to really be able to distinguish yourself and you can actually show up and um, person down here in the environment they're living in. But at some point, I'm hoping we're going to open up again. But have, but when even even not when they, when they host, host virtual events, make sure you're, you're attending them. Make sure you're um, making yourself known. Sending follow up emails to the person, individuals who host the events. Making sure your your name is familiar with HR. To do what essentially do whatever you can to overcome those initial screening screening barriers. Um, and I think that will really allow you to really the highest rate of success for getting your foot ultimately in the door. Um, even just reaching out to professionals like us, say, hey, I'm really interested in learning more so about this firm. Um, could you spend five minutes, five, 10 minutes to speak to me so I can really build my knowledge on base sub? They really, it really does go a long way and it really does shine through when individuals have done some sort of research ahead of time, interacted with members of the firm, know some of and buzzwords that individuals who work at that firm um, frequently circulate. It's just kind of what happens when you work at a place you laid somehow, some way. Um, and just, I'd say that's what I've, like the best way of ultimately. I think, you know, one of the most important parts is, is going to the information sessions on campus. Um, I think a lot of the firms try and make a conscious effort of visiting multiple institutions across the country and, and really make sure their presence is felt. And Blackstone has really tried to do that recently and, and go to a wide variety of different schools, including the HBCUs, Morehouse, Howard, Spelman, um, in, in recent years. And that's where you first start to network with professionals. And I think that one of the key qualities that you see between sort of African-American students and, and our white counterparts is that more often than not, a lot of our white counterparts will have some sort of connection to the firms that they're looking to go to, whether it's a family friend that works there or a dad that works there or whatever, or a mom that works there, whatever it may be. A lot of African-American candidates don't have that same luxury. And so I think that one of the key parts for minorities in terms of getting their foot in the door is going to these networking sessions and building a rapport with HR, with professionals. Um, and those people who can ultimately advocate for you when you're going through the interview process. And, you know, if you get X GPA during your freshman year, give me a call. And so I worked my butt off that year and got that GPA and gave him a call. And ever since then, I kind of had my foot in the door at Blackman and he helped me throughout the process. So um, I think that that is a key and crucial component to any recruiting process for someone who doesn't really know where to start is at least put yourself out there, go to the information session, learn a little bit more, and then meet some people. And Hopefully that segues into you know, a long-lasting relationship with either those individuals or with the firm that can help you get your foot in the door for your full-time role. Okay, so you're qualified, your foot is in the door, and you're a young black finance professional ready to go. What skills on a technical level do you think are needed? Should you be a good reader? Should you know how to do mental math? What do you think is required to be successful? Like Devin um, had mentioned previously, is that they're on the job is really where you're going to learn the most um, in terms of what is what, what will help you the most, and in terms of like help making making it easy for you. I, I will definitely say I will definitely say that, um, like you said, like ability just to do some some level of, of mental math, like understand, pick up on uh, key key financial concepts. 
um, as well as like a familiarity with with with, with Excel. Um, that is that is um, what I what I found helpful. I mean, you'll get incredibly familiar with Excel whether you want to or not because it's just a requirement of of, of of job. So you really do have to um, Excel a command of Excel, PowerPoint, um, and just being able to being able to just. I would say, I would say for me, what what is what's key is definitely being able to get your message across in a clear and concise manner across across emails. That's what um uh that's what I've I've seen. So individuals who have they have the most success, um yeah. Okay, um, but I also wanted to ask you about personal skills. So there's also the stereotype about the young corporate finance professional who never gets to sleep. And a lot of personal skills that you have to have, I think, for the job are things you don't learn in school, discipline and time management, or you may learn them in school through classes, that's what college is supposed to help prepare you with. But we actually had an audience member who sent us a tweet saying he can't function. His name is Shubankar Saha. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He said he can't function if he does not get a full eight hours of sleep. He wants to be an investment banker, but he hears that they keep him late. They keep him late at the office. Is it okay for him to explain to the people he works with that he needs that sleep, or would he be penalized as a result? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't necessarily. Um, Definitely wouldn't articulate that in your interview process or um, beyond even 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 once once you hit the desk. Um, I would definitely that is definitely something you should probably just share amongst very friends um, because you will you will learn to adapt. <laughs> that is definitely something that is that is probably a skill that um, you will need and if you want to. See like the, the ability to adapt and overcome and persevere is something that um that you have it's it's an experience that you go through that um yes it happens yes you learn to function with on on less hours of sleep but and you get through it you come through on the other side um the fun no are there times when it happens yes should it dissuade you from truly pursuing your career and passion i would say no something that you truly want and if it's something that you really desire you should really take a hard look at yourself and say what are you willing to do to get there and if your answer is that you're not willing to do that then it may be not a career for you which is fine if you take if you take the time to really ask those hard questions to yourself um but really you have to really ask your ask your ask yourself why do you want to work for an investment bank why do you want to work in banking um what is it that you're ultimately to get out of you Okay. Besides the great paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's. It's. 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 Yeah. It has to be more than that. It has, it has. It has to be more than that. You really. You really should really think about it from a skill from the development standpoint. Okay. All right, Devin. Do you agree? He should maybe pursue something else or think hardly about it. Yeah, I would definitely think hard about uh, you know, that that sleep component. I. I think especially at banking 
I think it's a little bit different sell side versus buy side, but sell side banking, you're really going to be working some pretty crazy hours for the first few years. Um, a lot of my friends are working, you know, 90 to 110 hour weeks easy, and that's pretty consistent. So, you know, if you're just thinking about it from that perspective, your eight hours of sleep probably isn't happening every night. <laughs> Um, I know that for my first year, you know, there were a couple all-nighters thrown in there. There were a couple, you know, 100-plus hour weeks thrown in there as well. And, you know, you just kind of roll with the punches and have to learn how to adapt and work on less less hours of sleep. But, you know, I think you might want to reconsider uh, <laughs> the, the financial services route if you need eight hours. Um, I just think that there's so many nights when it's not even close to eight hours and you're like okay i still have to go back and function to the next day so um if you're willing to make the sacrifice then go for it if not then i would definitely uh think about some other career options okay thanks i hope he uh listens in <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in we really appreciate all of our 2053 fam and don't forget know your worth the more you work for the man, the less you gon' make. Harder you work for someone else, the more taxes you pay. Don't forget the lifestyle taxes keep us regulated. Have to make sure to keep our people educated. Solution to work smarter, not harder. Break the cycle and live unbothered. Turn and come to wealth for our sons and our daughters. Apply to school without feeling too broke to go to college. Cause we're not making what two thirds of these parents would make. That's when no degree in trust funds that parents create. That can be you, just tune in and then you're on your way. When the time comes, tell me what they gonna say started from the bottom got a slow start now we're getting educated trying to spend our money smart let's prove this news that's also saddening and make sure by 2053 it's not happening started from the bottom got a slow start now we're getting educated trying to spend our money smart let's prove this news that's also saddening and make sure by 2053 it's not happening money flow through us not to us let that sink in engage with people that always keep you thinking why people have the advantage cause of position But financial knowledge, it's our obligation So we created the show, we just want you to know How to build your health and wealth and how to watch it grow Tune into the pod and the YouTube channel No network, 2053, then that's a no